Stephen, where are you? Please answer me. Steve! In this house, what you don't know will hurt you. You know what? I've really struggled to remember what happened in the other two movies from the trilogy. I yeah, that's I should have gone back to our previous episodes. Yeah, I was thinking that. I'm trying to work out what I would have given them as as a score because I'm gonna struggle with this one to be honest with you. But I guess we'll get to that on this. Suit is filth. This this was a this was an interesting one. I'm a little confused. By some of the plot. Well, you you should. It's a Lucio Fulci nightmare horror film. Like it, the plot is there as a means to confuse you and present open-ended scenes. I feel like he just watched The Shining and was like, "Yeah, let's let's do something weird." Because there's a quite a few moments in this where I'm just like, "But but why?" I'm assuming. Now I just spoke to Phil because Phil really likes this film. Shout mm. out to Phil. Uh, he told me before when he listened to our last episode, he was just like, I have a theory about the end. And I was just like, okay. So I watched the film and I messaged him to be like, what's your theory? Which I'll get to later, I guess. But there's definitely a supernatural element going on here. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if Freudstein is part of the supernatural element or if he's separate from it. Well, it feels like all the Freudsteins are bound up into something. But I think that he has a separate gig going on. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, as, as we'll find out. Also, do you think, because he's obviously called Freud Steen, as in like Frankenstein, do you think he no, was... No, that be Frankenstein. Frankenstein! Do you reckon, <laughs> um, do you reckon he was taking body parts and uh, replacing his own with them? Because Either that, or he just enjoyed dismantling them. Well, well, because I, I he think maybe he was feasting on the organs. He did look like weirdly, like proportioned. He did, but he also his when he went to go stab. We'll get to it later. But when he went to go stab someone, he had a woman's hand, and I mean, Chris pointed it out hand. to me. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, is he just replacing his body parts with that of other people? I don't think it's made clear. I think he's like, yeah, I think bits of both. Maybe if, if a bit of him is damaged, he replaces it with something else. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. Like, keeps himself like mummified and operational. Because uh, I don't know. This feels a bit first draft to me. It feels like that should have been something that was mentioned. Yeah, probably. I mean, maybe there was like extra scenes of exposition that they cut out. I tell you what, there was an extra scene that was cut that uh, I, I was devastated by. Did you look up the trivia? Some. What, there was what? a bit. Oh, there was an eye. There was a Fulci eye scene that was cut. When, as soon as the poker came out, I was like, here we fucking go. Someone's about to get an eye, an eye full of poker. And then it <laughs> didn't happen. And then they showed her body and her face was all mashed in. And I was just like, what? Yeah, yeah but Fulci didn't like the effect. So he cut it out of his own film. Goddamn perfectionist. Fuck me. Man. I'll tell you what, though. And this happens from the fucking start. This is a beautiful film. Oh, definitely. Visually, so impressed. Like, the camera moves are just... They're, they're really precise and creative. And the camera definitely plays a character mm. in this film. A confusing character when POVs happen for every single character. <laughs> sometimes going back and forth in the same scene. Yeah. 
but it plays a character and i think that character partly is disorientation <laughs> i think he i think he's trying to disorientate us i like think when so yeah. those extreme close-ups and stuff and then cutting back to like strange povs that you don't know who is that supposed to be you don't know who you are you don't know who the killer is it's like it's got that giallo feel to it especially with some of the shots but also with the mystery yeah yeah i do think it like even though i'm saying it's a bit confusing i think the mystery like the basis is the most basic thing is that Freudstein isn't quote-unquote dead and that he's in the basement and that he's killing people for his own deeds and then there's those supernatural stuff chucked on the top that like it starts to get a bit fucking confusing a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not bad by any means but um also, my main—I think my main issue was the guy that plays the dad just doesn't react to stuff properly. You mean Norman? Yeah, he—he he not only does he not react to stuff properly, he does weird things. Like in the bit later on when Thingy's trapped in the cellar, he's like slowly like creeping around the house for so that we as the audience think it's the yeah. monster. And then when he appears and the wife screams at him, it was just like, mate. If I walked into my house and my wife and kid, I could hear screaming and banging. I wouldn't like slowly fucking lurch up to them. I'd be like, oh my God, what's going on? But let me pose one to you. If you um, were woken up in the middle of the night by the noise of whimpering children and creaking boards and came downstairs to your kitchen to find your new babysitter, who I don't think lives there, (laughs) using an axe to pry boards off of a basement door, would you just walk away or not? Question. (laughs) question that i'm posing to you right now was that an axe that she was using to pry that door open with pretty sure yeah because when he was like where's the axe i was just like what the fucking kitchen axe and then he just picks up an axe that's in <laughs> the, the kitchen, kitchen. Yeah. and i was just like what <laughs> yeah 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 because i was like firstly she's using an axe secondly she's prying open boards off a basement door that's sealed up it's the middle of the night and you're just like why are you doing that and then goes out to bed why is she doing that it's not her fucking house why is she? Why does she do a lot? Is she possessed by like? She's the mannequin. Wait a minute. Hang on. Let's go back to the beginning. Okay. So, let's start. Let's start. You, wow, that's start. a theory, James. That's yeah. a fucking theory. Well, there, there's there's um the shots that kind of back it up, but we start. Oh, okay. That is a theory. Yeah. Also, I'd like to point out we've seen this lady before. That one. Um, she's in Infer- Inferno, and I remember thinking when I saw her then. You can't see it, but I'm doing the old, I'm doing the old, uh, su- doing the old shooting stars rubbing in the legs. But you didn't get your 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 faulty shot of her, unfortunately. No. Oh, speaking of, actually, in not speaking way. of. This is entirely a different thing. One of the extra features on the Blu-ray interviews the kid now that he's grown up, and it shows a couple of other clips from films that he's in. He's in a couple of other Fulci films, and one of the films he's in, which I had no fucking clue. He shows up right at the end of Demons. He is the kid of the family that pick them up at the end. And he gets <laughs> to like shotgun down a fucking demon. Oh, badass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, James, this film so, begins in a romantic setting. A cemetery with a house on it or by it. It's a it's a beautiful house. Is it by the cemetery or is it so ingrained in the cemetery that it has a fucking tomb in the living room? I would say it's the house that is mounted within the cemetery. <laughs> the house that is mostly cemetery. <laughs> uh yeah, so we have like like the 
all of the art in this film as well, like the the set dressing, fucking nailed it. Like it looked great. Everything. I'll, I'll get onto bits later, but like stuff like when you go inside and obviously the this house has been gutted and you've got like all the old all the old uh, like marks on the walls from where mm-hmm. like previous photos were and stuff like that. It just yeah, looks yeah. great and worn down. Do you think it was a set? Yeah. It must have been. I, I mean, I have I have complaints about. I mean, I do appreciate what you're about saying. About stained glass windows. No, 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 I appreciate what you're saying about the set dressing and how great it looks. But I'm a little bit like, why the fuck would you would they put them in that house? Like that is so like you're gonna get tetanus. Like you walk in the door, yeah. you're gonna get tetanus. <laughs> yeah, or COVID. <laughs> yeah, or in, yeah, all fucking murdered by the monster that lives in the basement that no one's batted. checked on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no one's curious about the basement with the boards like shut on the door exactly <laughs> but yeah so we go in um and we find a naked woman uh, getting dressed looking for steve mm-hmm. and we get our first beautiful shot not of her it's like um he kind of asserts his visual dominance with with a beautifully executed vertigo shot as Wait, she gets up and walks away the camera tracks back as they zoom in making the background like compress and look, and look great nice it looked beautiful and i was like oh strong start <laughs> and then she wanders around and find eventually finds steve he is and there's like some weird like glitchy light things going on as well which again feels kind of supernatural mm-hmm. um and they find steve and he has had his brain smashed in with a pair of scissors stabbed in his heart and he's pinned to the door right Oh, was he? I thought he I was think walking so, through the door with the scissors. No, because the door was like shutting, uh, similar to the last film we watched with fucking Ralph getting pinned to the wall. Yes. And then it cuts to her head. Yeah. The shot tracks up to reveal that yellow knife or yellow knife in the hand stabs through that skull and right out her mouth. And all I can think of is that blade between your teeth. How fucking horrible that must be. I mean, if it's the other way around, coming into your mouth, that must be horrible, James. But I think I, the worst of it... Thankfully, is she's it... dead. <laughs> she's dead at that point. If I could make one note here to the to the filmmakers, it would have been that when she fell down, that she didn't land with her face to the side, that she fell down so that the knife impaled in the ground. Because then when Ooh. he like grabbed her legs and pulled her out, it could have like scratched down the or, floor. Or it could have stabbed into the wood and like pulled out of her head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would have been awesome. The angle of attack was like all wrong though, because it went like straight down into her head and then like yeah. poked out her mouth. It was cool. It, when I rewatched this today to just to make notes, I did I went back to old school, watched it twice. I'd start to think, wait, hang on. Was the guy on the door that was murdered, was he the doctor who quote unquote committed suicide and was she the mistress i think she was the mistress but he committed suicide in the library we find yeah. out later on but so maybe he wasn't having an affair with that woman and she was just in there with that steve guy and got murdered and then steve's body was hidden but they found her body but he never leaves the bodies i know right yeah and he dragged it downstairs yeah i yeah. Maybe that, that scene, they were just random people, right? They must just be random people in yeah. that scene. Yeah, exactly. It's just like a, a 20, 30-year-old teenager getting murdered. Yeah, because obviously the guy who hung himself didn't kill his mistress, we led to assume, right? It would have been Freudstein. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
yeah. punishing him because he had a mistress. Yeah, that'll teach him. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll learn him. So now we get a beautiful montage of, uh, well, I say montage, a shot of the house with credits, but then there's a little girl in the window, James. Yeah, this is this is really weird. So, yeah, so um, the credits fade, and the camera then zooms in on this little girl in the window, and then it transitions to a black and white photo of a little girl in the window, and it pulls out of that window and then turns. And this is like so many of the shots in this film are like the camera sweeping, moving, and zooming in. Mm-hmm. I would fucking hate to be the focus puller on this job. It like <laughs> it must have been constant. <laughs> it was quite a cute. There was because I watched this with Chris. He goes to me. I've never seen a dramatic zoom onto a handrail before. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this is what I mean by The Shining. Because obviously, the final scene of shot of The Shining is that slow zoom in onto that picture, and and Jack's in the picture the whole time. But yeah. like this is like, oh, I've watched The Shining, so I'll show that bit at the start. Because it zooms in and, and there's a little girl like waving at him through the window. Yeah, and then, he, and then Bob then... sat there and he's he's like she's talking to him, mm-hmm. and then she's she, and we hear her, who we know is May. We hear yeah. her say, "Oh no, no!" Or I think he says, "Why don't you want me to go there?" Or something like that. Yeah, we don't hear her until later on. And then the, the mum is like, "What do you mean? What are you talking about?" Um, and then she looks at the photo. The little girl's not there. She's not there. And then they walk away and they cut back to the photo. The little girl is there. Mate, I, do you know What's what I've that? just realised? Do you know what I've just realised as well? I'm so stupid. I was comparing this whole film to The to the Shining because of the confusingness of it. And I, and it just, I just realised just then, because I don't know how it went over my head when I myself made the observation, but clearly the kids have The Shining because they talk to each other psychically. <laughs> Yes, this is a hunt here. Hundred percent saw The Shining before. Either you that, made this. or they're really good at projecting their voices quietly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like the mum is just like, "Oh, stop, stop me, your tomfoolery, Bob," and a little kid called Bob, which is weird, uh, and like pack your bag because we we have to leave. We we have to leave New York City, which again confused me. I don't understand why they left. So actually, they kind of talk about it a little bit later. Yeah. Um, it's so in the next scene, I think you see. Oh no, there's a quick shot now where it cuts to Boston and shows May, and this woman is saying, "Time to go home." May. She the the, the mum. Well, it is the mum. I assume. Mary is it's it? just standing in the woods talking to May, and May is just like staring at the house. And you know really what? nice framing. Like I, I might. Uh, while we're talking about this, I. I'm slowly starting to realise that it's that this film's actually genius. <laughs> but like, uh, there was some stuff that I have problems with where it was just, where they mention that she's taking these pills that make her hallucinate, and they don't really seem to follow up with it because you feel like, oh, she's gonna start hallucinating. But it's almost like there's so many red herrings in this. Yeah. Oh, if only the like, acting like, was better. Like, <laughs> later on, when the mother or like Sarah or whatever is talking to May. She's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm, I'm just looking at the house. She's like, you can't see the house from here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she can't. And then she um, starts undressing her and she goes, no, don't go inside. As she looks to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, man. This film. It goes places. Yeah. So this is actually, we see Lucio Fulci in the next scene. Really? 
Yeah, so he's the guy walking along chatting to him. No about way. The research. Yeah. What? Okay, so what was he researching? So he was researching suicide. Was he specifically researching the suicide of his friend who'd committed suicide or no, picking so up his on his work? So him and his friend were working, researching together things about suicide. Okay. And then, and that's why he was like, and it, and it's like, it, it must have gotten to him because he was he then committed suicide or, or yeah, yeah. like how ironic um <laughs> it's like ten thousand spoons <laughs> um, and then at that point he, yeah so they're walking along chatting saying like oh yeah i'm gonna have to go down and like sift through his research and like come up to speed with it but why he then decided to go and live in the same house as him I'm not sure. He does say in the next thing, because I did pick up on the fact that he said while he was driving that they had set they had set them up into a place and then that had fallen through and then the next one had fallen through and then, then the only oh, available yeah. place was, was the uh, Oakwood Manor or whatever the fuck they kept calling it, not the Freudstein house. The Freudstein house. Yeah. I, it's still, I, why would you put someone in that hat? Like, it's not safe. It's not clean. <laughs> Because you have to, because it's cheap. It's cheap. It's cheap. Why not? And they can make a commission. You know, living in London, that estate agents don't give a fuck about you or your house property or, or the or the property that you're in. Yeah, I know, but like, it's. Uh, I don't think they'd let you stay in a place that you could literally get tetanus in. Oh yeah, like I, I know people that bought places that like people had hoarded in it. Mike, Mike's place, a hoarder lived there before. Oh, I thought and you were like, going to say like someone bought it now. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, um, no. So like they had to like get a skip and just like empty, oh, empty shit, the really? whole fucking place out. Mate, did yeah, you find you any can, good you can shit? Buy a but I guess she's renting it. Yeah, well, yeah, they're renting it. But what I mean is, so like, there's a bit later on where the dad is just like, "Hey, just think of this like a holiday," and yeah. then so they don't go out or go anywhere. They but it, essentially what this is is that is that they've moved into a haunted house, but for some reason, they didn't want to have them moving in. But she still acts like she just moved in. So she's like, there's a scene where she's like cleaning the floors. And that's how she discovers the grave. And it's like, yeah. why are you cleaning the floor? For, you've been there one day and a rented accommodation. It shouldn't, what I'm saying is it shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't be able to rent a place You're for saying a in the In the 80s, um, renting a place in rural Boston that is a shithole and you're saving tons of money, that the leasing standards um, should have better better yeah. cleaning contracts. 100%. That is like, the fucking least of your worries with this film. The, 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 <laughs> the, the dust was like that thick. Hand. <laughs> the <laughs> dust was so thick. It's Although... impossible to move, but split so easily down the middle. <laughs> Although, it unless was, you have the strength was, of a tiny child, it was covered in so much dust that she needed to wipe away to read what it said. Even though you could, like, when she like tracked her finger you know, around a, the cross, a rug over it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe That's how dusty this place is. I maybe they had the estate James... agent threw the rug over. No, they the state agent did clean up, but they were just sweeping it under the rug. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder the tombstone cracked because all the dust weighing it down. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> right, Fuck. so they're going. What a tangent! Well, now that now they're about to find out they're going to that place, so let's start again. The cleaning standards of this <laughs> company. Uh, so you missed the funky traveling music. Uh-huh. Yeah, Mate, this, like, this has some good fucking. We're going music in road it. tripping. 
Apparently we'll some tracks were from a, an old Django movie. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. The bit where he discovers all the bodies. James, can I just ask? Like, it's a bit of a spoiler for later on. But this child in this film gets traumatized. How much did you enjoy that? Like, so much stuff happens to him specifically. Greatly. There was um, one moment, which we will get to later, that was so fucking good. The scene on the slabs. The bit with us being yeah, held up like against that. something. Yeah. It was yeah, that so was good. That was great. <laughs> I enjoyed, like, yeah, Norman's like visions of his son being mm-hmm. gutted as well. Oh, yeah, and that zoom, that zoom right at the end. No, not the children. Yeah, straight into the guts. <laughs> so we get road tripping music, right? Yeah. Then at this point, like, we, we could hear the kid talking, and I was like, is there an adult putting on a kid's voice? A hundred percent. And is that for the whole film, or is that for, like, some bits? No, he was entirely voice. dubbed over by the same person. He says on the he says on the uh, interview with the guy, he was like, they dubbed him over in in, it, in Italian, and it wasn't that bad. And he was like, I recently had seen the English version, and was just like, what? <laughs> what were they doing? <laughs> it's atrocious. It's like I'm a little boy. Oh no! He also, whoever that person is, had to do some like there was a bit where when they're first moving in, where he's like. He's driving the car around in circles and then he goes on on your marks, get set, go. And it's like, first of all, you're already going. But that entire scene, he that person, that whoever had to dub them over was just going. <laughs> and the scene when they're packing up the car to go. I'll be honest, you can hear I, him. I make those noises when I'm changing gears. When I, <laughs> as I'm driving in my shitty car. But it's I'm like a solid five minutes where that person had to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to a shot as they're driving mm-hmm. to May standing in front of a, a like a, a clothes store. Yeah, looking between some like very peculiar mannequins, and you know, you know your mannequins. He's watching you. <laughs> um, and they cut back and forth to them driving mannequins, driving mannequins, and then she has this like close up look of fear. Yeah, and then it cuts back to the mannequin as you hear the sound of like squishy flesh, and the head drops off, <laughs> and then the neck starts oozing with blood, and it falls on the floor, and it's just like bleeding away. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, this film is genius. What do you mean? Because that's it's, Anna. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yes, it's genius because that is Anna, and that is how she meets her end. But then, when when we meet Anna in a moment, it does cut to a. Because shot of the mannequin's head just to f- just to let us know that that's the same that that's the same person but that's yeah and that potentially she's that um that she's possessed by may that may has made this mannequin brought this mannequin into into existence hang on okay now your theory is madness because she bleeds but the mannequin is the same has the exact same face because when they introduce anna they cut back and forth and it's the same it's the exact same face wait so hang on you're saying that may possess the mannequin to become a babysitter because there's a bit when the mother's just like what are you looking at she she's like oh you know we have to do this or something yeah or like Fraudenstein was stuck in the basement he needed the boards removed yeah so they needed someone to be able to remove the boards and that's where the babysitter came in to remove the boards and like do his bidding and clean up the blood which was a weird scene and then get killed and th- yeah but then what yeah why did he kill her like I don't know, maybe theory, he wanted a new mannequin hand. Unlike the 
uh, movie mutilator. Your theory is not airtight. Maybe that's why he couldn't eat her and consume or consume her flesh because she was a mannequin. So he had to stick the arm on him. <laughs> <laughs> no, because she already had the arm because he stabbed her with the with that arm. Oh, damn. Yeah, right. my my theory is not airtight. <laughs> so yeah, so she's looking bleeds out. Okay, so now we go to the estate agent. And the estate, this is a little bit weird. I don't think this ever gets properly... Is it the fucking cleaning standards of their company? Yes, James, they are weird. (laughs) Yeah, because they say that they have five-star cleaning. Maybe it's out of ten. But so the estate agent says to Norman, like, oh, you've been here before. Like, you were here a few months back. Yeah. And he was like, no, it wasn't. And then that gets brought up later when... Is he? Yeah, is he lying? The library says, like, you were here with your daughter. And he's like, no, it wasn't. And I don't have a daughter. Also, what are you saying about my son? Yeah. <laughs> but also, when they arrive at the house, the, the mum is just like, you have a picture of this on your wall in your office. Yeah. Well, it's in their house. Yeah. like that picture, because that was the picture that obviously Bob was looking at. And she was like, this is the same house as the New York building. He's like, oh, it's, it's typical of, of the area. Yeah. Okay. Like, what is, is that about? Because it's the same house. Like, what is that about? Like, has he been there before? This is what I meant by Shining. And, and that f- I still don't, to this day, understand that final shot in The Shining where Jack's in the picture and he's been there for hundreds of years. Like, I feel like they wanted to do something like that. Also, yeah. the way he kept looking at Anne, I f- was getting the impression that they were going to try to set up the... They are like, colluding? I thought they were going to set up that he was he- going to have an affair with her just like the previous guy did before he killed himself. Um, Just like in no, The Shining. That doesn't happen either. Yeah. Or that they're colluding together on something. But again, like there are knowing looks with like these like, extreme close up cuts back and forth between different characters. It's like, what's going on here? I'm, I'm watching you. Okay. Uh, I know what you're doing. No. Okay. Wait, maybe we're good. And nothing's ever said. And then you wonder, did he change his mind on the edit floor? There's also the really ominous bit where, like, the mum goes to talk to Anne and she's like, ignore. she says that there's coffee on and then just starts ignoring her and then, like, starts walking towards her ominously and then, like, a POV shot of a tray of drinks comes through and then it's the mum and she's like, oh, that girl's weird. Yeah. So what happened in that scene? Yeah. Again, must be the drugs. Well, I, even if she was taking them, obviously, I think I think this whole thing is supposed to be like you're supposed to be confused by what the fuck's yeah, going on. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's like he he's using loads of techniques to confuse the fuck out of us, but not really in a in a in a way that actually pans out to be useful at the end. Yeah, like normally in in a jello, they would confuse you, and then they'll be like, "And this was the murderer." Yeah, but then the ending is also up for debate as well, I guess. Yeah, I mean, massive. at least he was trying to do something different, I guess. Yeah. Oh, right, where are we? So now May speaks to Bob from across the street. So when they're in oh. the estate agents, Bob sat in the car and May starts chatting saying, I told you you shouldn't have come. And this kind of reminds me of, like, I don't, maybe it's just the kids, like the age or how they're speaking. It reminded me of um, Return of Witch Mountain. I've never seen that. I'm assuming Classic. you mean the uh, the rock version. I assume you've not seen the original. The rock version? Wow. No, I mean the original. 
Well, you've seen the original, not the one with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I didn't know that he was in a Return of Witch Mountain. Wow. I didn't know they I... remade it. Um, yeah, no, the original was like a, a family favorite. Oh, wow. Um, holy shit. Yeah, they really reminded me of that. And I'm pretty sure in that they speak telepathically as well. But yeah, so um, so they're chatting like from a, like she's all the way across the street and out of the car and he's in the car. And they're mm-hmm. moving their lips and talking, but they're talking quietly and hearing each other. And then they come out and Bob's disappear from the car. This is the first moment of people not reacting as much as they should. They literally like look left and right a couple of times and then look forward and they're like, there he is. It'd be like if you walked out and your kid was missing from the car, you'd be like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, what the fuck? Who's taking him? Yeah, the window was open. Yeah, like the dad... We left the window open because otherwise you'll overheat and die. But <laughs> that's also, dogs. that's like, dogs, you idiot. So it may just be us because we're we're horror fans. But if I stumbled across, like, if I had a sudden my son disappeared from the car, and then I stumbled across him playing with doll that was missing limbs. Yeah, is that foreshadowing that doll to the thing that gets his arms cut off? And we that, only ever and... see the doll one more time, I think. Yeah, but I mean. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, yeah, so he's playing with the doll and he's like, I spoke to my friend, she's here, she told me we shouldn't have come. Um, I'm like, okay, let's leave this piece of fucking trash here. Yeah. <laughs> she does say this. later on, he's always bringing trash home when she starts freaking out for no reason. Yeah, great character development there. <laughs> and then the husband's like, why don't you take your pills? <laughs> so then, yeah, so they... Oh God! So they get to the house. And the estate agent gives him a car, and she's like, "Have a great evening." Reverses out, drives over a gravestone. She's like, "Goddamn tombstones!" And drives over it again. <laughs> drives off, and you're like, like, "Well, that's a bad omen." Yeah, that's how you're gonna get a hornig. Like, holy shit! She does say she's gonna get a uh, a babysitter beforehand, but yes. Yeah, and she drives. Do you reckon that was a mistake that they did by accident and left it in? Like that was so weird. Well, no, because it, it showed that she was like completely disrespectful of the dead, and like the whole I guess. like her shtick, I guess, as the estate agent. She's like, she genuinely doesn't think there's an issue with this house, whereas yeah, the other yeah. guy is like fully into the the history and myth of it. Yeah, the guy who just acts like he's stoned or just uninterested in his job. Uh, but she like walks in at midnight to a house that's owned by someone else or being rented by someone else without announcing herself and just like walks around the house and she doesn't yeah. care. She's not nervous about it. So I think she's not superstitious and just doesn't give a fuck about tombstones and has yeah. no special awareness. Although there is a scene a bit later on where the mum sees her and calls out to her and she just blanks her. But then, obviously, they go to see them later because they have a problem—an obvious problem with that fucking tetanus-riddled fucking house and rabies-infested <laughs> yeah. house. Rabies uh, and COVID. Oh my god! I hope he didn't eat that bat afterwards. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So yeah, they their first night in the house. She starts freaking out. He says, "Take your pills." She says, "I don't want them." Um, yeah. Then they like, "Should I?" Open she's not this happy door? with Bob bringing back his trash. Yeah. That he's like, should I open this door? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was first. Yeah. And she's like, to the creepy basement? Nah. Nah, fuck that. And they were also there. like, if someone sealed it shut, there's probably a reason. Yeah. 
I was like, okay, good, good call. If only they had a really dangerous technique for using a key and a door. Oh my god, <laughs> I was praying so hard for a uh, for a faulty moment there. Oh, so I'm so wishing. So Anne shows up here in a really nice way. The car's driving around, and then you hear it stop, and you see the car hit a foot. Yeah, and the the camera like. Right, right, jibs up and like um and tracks up, up her body to reveal what is the woman's name? The mum's name is it Mary or Julie? Mary? I was writing Julie at first, but I think it's Mary. Lucy. Oh no, it's Lucy. Sorry, Lucy. Yeah, yeah. Mary is the gravestone. Oh, the, the gravestone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the camera jibs up to reveal Lucy turning around shocked because someone's just appeared in her kitchen and it's the babysitter. Right, she said she was gonna get the babysitter to call. I guess she's just turned up. Lee, you're rubbing your thighs here. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I thought they were gonna also maybe ask about the babysitter at the estate uh, agents or whatever the fuck it was for them to be like, "What babysitter?" But when the woman shows up at the house later on, she calls out to Anne, the babysitter. So she obviously did hire her. She yeah. was walking past a clothes shop and saw a headless mannequin and was like. <laughs> That'll, That'll do. do. So then, yeah, so it cuts back and forth. When she looks at her, it then, like, cuts between the babysitter's face and the headless mannequin. Yeah. And then the decapitated head of the mannequin and back to her. And you're like, oh, it's the same person. So now it's nighttime. The mum's asleep. The dad's doing research. He picks up this heavy folder that says Freudstein on it. It's really tough to pick up, though. Yeah, it was, like, it's basically heavy. out to the floor. He, like, undoes it, opens it up. It's empty. It's Weird. like the heav- the heaviest leather binding mm-hmm. that with nothing inside. <laughs> or maybe he, it was containing evil spirits and those spirits uh, were weighing it down. So then he starts hearing, I think, both the sound of like thumping and clumping and a child crying. So he yeah, obviously... Yeah, so whimpers and, and like creaks and... Yeah. Yeah. So he so goes he... to check on his son, who's fast asleep. So you're like, oh, it's not him crying. I don't think I picked up until very later on that it was the monster that was doing the child's crying. Yeah, that was creepy though when like, yeah, yeah. It, it was basically the last scene that, that solidified that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he like he basically just straightens his kid's legs and then puts him back to bed. I'm like, you're just going to disturb him. What the fuck are you doing? He also, when he hears the noise downstairs, leaves the room and basically slams the door. <laughs> <laughs> Now sleep tight. <laughs> and then he goes downstairs and finds the babysitter using an axe to pry the boards off the fucking basement door. Mm-hmm. And what does he say here? Oh, I, I can't. He barely says anything, but he's really not bothered. But they, one thing they do have here are a couple of extreme close ups, like cutting between their eyes, looking back and forth. Yeah. And then that's the first time this happens. It happens a few times after that. But yeah, he really isn't bothered that this babysitter is just like doing that in the middle of the night. No. And also it's almost every scene they're in together that they'll just like look at each other. Yeah. Weirdly. Which is why I was like, are they in cahoots? Yeah. Then we go to, um, so Norman then goes to the library. The next day where he meets that fucking guy who was wearing a knitted vest on top of with a oh, knitted Mr. top, Douglas. and he had a knitted fucking tie. I swear to God, is that the 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 creepy dweeby library assistant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So first he chats to Mr. Wheatley, who talks about how he'd seen him before when his daughter came up. And he's like, mate, don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> and then Mr. Wheatley introduces him to Mr. Douglas. He's like the research assistant. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's basically a bitch. He'll do all your bitch work. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. load it up on him and he'll take it. Was at this point when Douglas was like, by the way, just before we go, that's where your friend hung himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, since you're re- since you're researching suicide, well, get a load of this. Like that was so fucking weird. That guy's he, he shows up a couple of times and he's just bizarre. Yeah, um, I strung I up the... a couple of ties for you if you want to try one on. <laughs> I think uh, he he has to go there because his that guy who died research is all there. Yeah, but then he said, but there's a load of extra research on this, like, Frostine guy or something. He's like, what's that related to? I don't know if he would say it specifically, but he's like... Oh, okay. He's like, what's that related to? He's like, I don't know. I told him it wasn't needed for the research, but he wanted it, I think, as a personal project. So that's where all the Frostine... So I assume the first guy was staying at the Frostine house. Yeah, because he talks about staying in the same place. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Freudstein killed him or he killed himself? I think he killed himself. I think it was driven to insanity. Oh, okay, fair enough. Because I, I don't know how Freudstein would kill him outside of the house. Especially when he was boarded up. Yeah, and also, like, he's not the best at navigating spaces. Yeah. I think if you take him out <laughs> outside, he'll be lost for days. <laughs> yeah, so while the dad is at the library, we see Bob playing with May. Well, yeah, he finds his car in the woods and it's right next to Mary Freudenstein's grave. Yeah. And then May wanders up and she's like, she's not buried here. I know where she's buried. She's not buried here. Well, she's not here, maybe, is what she said. Oh, interesting, because interesting. Because I, I think that mother is, is, is Mary. Yeah, I think, so. I think it is because you see her picture on the grave. And I'm pretty sure that's the same person that we see. And like, I tell you what, it's like, you know, in games where you find a clue and it zooms into it to make it really obvious. Yeah. Thankfully, yeah. they kept doing that in this film. It was really helpful. <laughs> well, I mean, they zoomed into everything, so everything was a clue. Um, yeah. Every yeah. shot pulled in or out. I think the, uh, the mother is pretty well shot, or Mary's pretty well shot up until the end, where you just don't see her face. She's in the background of blurry or filmed from like the chin below. So, and then when it reveals her face, I think you're just supposed to have guessed. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I mean, I assume they're ghosts. Yes. They have to be. But then it's strange that they rescue Bob at the end. Well, that's the theory. Kid. Or does it? Oh, okay. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it tracks. I think it tracks the theory. So. Yeah, at this point, uh, while that's happened, Norman's reading through the research and he reads that Frostein was banned from the medical community like mm-hmm. because of some experiments that he was doing, that they're inhumane. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, Julie is going around and discovers Jacob Frostein's grave in the house, which is like a gravestone under the rug, which, my godly, I don't know if you've thought about it, but there's so much dust under that rug. The cleanliness in this house oh, is just it's shocking. She literally puts her finger through it because she can't see what's underneath. She thinks it's just floorboards. <laughs> also, how many, like, ugh, there's a fucking grave in the living room. That's so weird. Yeah, I think I might do it. 
when really? I die, I'll be like, do what you want with my um, body or ashes, but just put a tombstone somewhere in the house. That would be a pretty it. sick secret entrance to a basement. Like, here lies James, and then you go down there, and it's your, like, man cave. Yeah, but you've got to smash the tombstone open each time. <laughs> <laughs> There'll just be, like, a stack of sledgehammers to the side of it, and that's your key. That, as far as I know, they don't cover it back up, right? So how did they not notice that it was, like, broken open? They must have been in that area. Yeah, but they're really unobservant. Yeah, true. It did, and it also, it, like, they said they wanted to leave the next day, and then all of that happened over that night in the morning. That, yeah, that is true. So she's found the grave, and she thinks that she can hear her uh, adult sons named Bob in the, because she can hear crying, I believe, in the kitchen, and she goes mm-hmm. in, uh, and the door's locked at this point. The boards are off, but the door is locked, and the handle starts going, and, like, you can hear crying, and she starts freaking out. I assume because she thinks that her medication's going bad. And there's a really nice shot here as well. As the camera like is like looking up at her and then it it like rotates around her and raises up to give this like really creepy wide shot. Mm-hmm. And like like um like high angle wide shot as it's uh, as like she's staring around, she's hearing banging and, and like everything in every direction. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was like I was thinking, is it gonna be supernatural and are we gonna see like poltergeisty things like flying out like doors opening and stuff yeah yeah um, but it just shows that like her psychosis is creeping in and then Norman comes home and he finds Lucy she's completely fucking lost it and she's like cowering in the corner yeah the next shot I think she has she oh yeah he takes her to bed and then you get a, a really again like so many nice shots in this like it pans, it, it tracks back from like a shot of the pills to to her being on the bed, being like, "Oh, I'm feeling better now." Is it? Yeah. Isn't this when uh, May, uh, sorry, Anne and uh, Bob come back, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, I've got the key for the door." Uh, that's after, yeah. So they have the medication, and uh. then yeah, and then it's Norman opening the cellar. So then he, I think he's like he, like she, she gets medicated, she's slept. And then she goes down with him and he's like, look, we'll have a look in the basement and we'll just show that it's all fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, And he's trying to get the door open. And the only way he can figure out in the end is to stick the key in there and like talk it around with a knife, which Jesus Christ, man. Sorry, I've just realized something. The fact that this house has a basement. Goes into the cemetery. Yeah, but like the fact that this house has a basement and that the floor above it has a body. Is it just like in the floorboards? <laughs> You'd put that on the lowest bit possible, right? You wouldn't go up to the attic to bury a body. Yeah. I mean, we know as an audience yeah. that it is. Well, isn't. I guess you don't know if the cellar goes off to one side and maybe uh, it has foundations. True, true. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the way he she chooses to open that lock is like, I was watching that like, that is going to end, not even for real life, but like for the actor, that could go really bad. <laughs> And it, it, it really did add tension to the, to yeah. every scene when that was happening. So I was like, oh, he's going to slice his hand open. Yeah, yeah. Or he's going to stab someone up by accident and slip. But at least he was doing it, like, blade pointing down. Yes. And then, so right as it unlocks, the babysitter arrives back with Bob. And Bob's yeah. talking about how he was chatting with his girlfriend. And she, mm-hmm. she warns them all to leave. And Anne's like, no, there, there was no girl. I was with him the entire time. Unless she is the girl, but then she's not. 
no. um, next, what's coming next, James, is one of the uh, potentially greatest scenes in film history. <laughs> uh, again, Look, the let... dad doesn't react enough when stuff's going bad. We should caveat that to before this happens, the scene is great. We have some really nice like shots coming down that basement. It looks creepy as fuck. The scenery uh-huh. is awesome. The lighting is beautiful. And then something quite creepy flies out from behind like a wall and startles him. The only thing that's awful in that scene at this point is like the ADR footsteps. Yeah. Where it's like metal on metal. There was a shot. Because when he walks down the stairs, it zooms in on the ring of um, oh yeah, he the girl finds from the, the, ring of the girl. But like, this is all in one take. So at what point? Because like, you see him walking down, and then it pans across, and you see the a ring, and then his hand reaches over and picks it up, and it's like, did he just like step over the camera to get down to pick that up? Like that was such a weird shot. I mean, it, yeah. it oh, they obviously did it practically because I saw it happen, but like, it was so weird. Yeah, well, but they kept doing things like that. And I was like, how are they pulling off these moves? Like, like the kit geek in me wants to, like, find some behind the scenes and see what fucking gear they were using yeah, to yeah. get all these shots and arguably what should have been a, a low-budget horror film. Yeah. Um, it's impressive. I mean, that shot in the, the you mentioned earlier in the kitchen that was, like, above looking down, it's just like, that's why it made me think it must be a set. Because how the fuck did they get those big cameras up there? Yeah, um, but it looked great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so then, James, the greatest scene in film history, <laughs> minus the, the maybe the second greatest scene in film history, because there's a scene at the end that's like genius. So he screams, and the woman that was petrified to go down to the basement now runs down, knowing that there's terror in there. Yeah. So she runs down, and it was a bat. It turns out that flew out behind his head because it's as bats tend to do aim for women's hair yeah, yeah. <laughs> and lands and tries to start like nibbling at her. Now at this Which, point, the bat is looking okay. The bat is looking, the bat looks pretty good. It's looking good here. Yeah. I think there's only one bit where it looks really bad. Yeah. Um, but like he, when she's getting attacked and she's like running around, there's like a, a good 10, 30 seconds of her, like it attacked him and he like pushed it off. It got caught in her hair. And she's like running around, like rolling around and on it's all like the walls, flapping its and wings, it's flapping, going crazy. And and the and Norman is just standing there watching it. He just doesn't react to anything. Well, like, he's dead inside. He he must be. <laughs> there's a moment later on where he axes something, and then there's blood on the axe, and he just doesn't give a fuck. Maybe he had been there, and he had been possessed to bring his family back, and that's why he has the knowing looks with May, and he I don't know. Fuck it, I don't know. But yeah, so he then decides to act and he runs in and grabs the bat off of Mm -hmm. her, but the bat decides to grab him back and um, try and do a Spider-Man, Batman thing with him. Um, Superpowers don't work in this film, but he is getting his fangs dug deep into that hand. Thankfully, he won't live long enough for the symptoms of rabies to kick in. (laughs) He... So he then gets steered, I believe, by the bat. That's <laughs> flying his hand up Superman style up the stairs. He's also the only person in this film that can remember how to run upstairs when you're in a rush. Yeah. yeah. Everyone else like, forgets how their legs work. Yeah, he flies up the stairs 
And then he's just like trying to pull this bat off his hand. Like this thing must be buried in deep. Yeah, yeah. I wish he had used the kitchen axe here to axe his hand and, off, like in d- slugs. D- d- an, uh, I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like an Evil Dead chainsaw. But yeah, if he took his own hand off to save his arm, but he grabs he grabs a pair of sewing scissors. Well, what he does is a little bit extreme. But like, here's an easy fix. It's on your hand, and you're in a basement. Just like punch the wall mm-hmm. but yeah he grabs he grabs scissors out of a drawer and just fucking he he rams it in and then like when somehow the, doesn't impale his hand yes which is so risky as well because like you say you can impale your hand and spread more rabies into you and but i've he's, never stabbed a bat but i imagine they're pretty pokeable yeah but like the bat is clearly a blood bag because he sticks the scissors in the top of it and blood just pours out the side of it. <laughs> but like he has to mash that thing in. Like he's like twisting it around, like mashing that thing in until yeah. it dies. But to the point where like by the end of it, like 70% of that bat was a pair of scissors and it was like still alive. <laughs> and then we see this beautiful moment as he's flicking the bat yes. trying to get the dead blood of bat off his hand and he coats well i say coats he splatters bobby in blood i would have loved it if like the bat had flown off his hand just like splattered all across bob that is like the first bit of the film where something unnecessary happens to bob <laughs> and he's just sound, he's just getting covered in blood like he's watching his dad being mauled by a fucking rabid bat and then he gets covered in like fucking covid blood oh my god fantastic <laughs> and no one else gives a fuck no one else is helping no. and no one else no one cares blood either no one in this film reacts the way they should when things start happening <laughs> no bob bob isn't really too fussed either no he, just he looks pretty there, happy just... to be like covered in blood he's like yay more sugar blood <laughs> uh so then they go to the estate agents right and so they have to move out Yes, yes. They're they like, go there fuck the hospital. Like, they're like, this house is full of bats and it's creepy and we want to leave. There's a tombstone. We want to leave tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then they leave and like the estate agent chats with the main estate agent boss lady and he's like, it's the fraudstein house. Ah! You can't put a new label on something that's that evil or whatever he says. There we go. Yeah, and then she goes... Evil. She seems to go straight there and manages to beat them back home. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, so after the estate agent, it cuts back to May. Um, and May's in a room full of dolls staring out the window. Mm-hmm. And then um, she says, don't go inside. Like That's what she then turns to the camera, right, and says, don't yeah. go inside. So if they are ghosts, do they live in a ghost house? Yeah. And have, like, ghosts... And the mum was undressing her to go to bed, so do they have like ghost beds and ghost clothes? Yeah, but they've got really difficult clothes where they can't undo them themselves. Yeah. I mean that's when she started going, Don't go inside when her like mum started undoing her clothes. <laughs> I was like, that is fucking weird. Like, what's Don't going do on? Mum, no. <laughs> now the estate agent shows up. So we can just assume that there was an unfilmed scene where they went to the hospital so we can get rab- rabies shots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or maybe it happens to him all the time. <laughs> He's you would have thought it'd be more efficient. immune to like, like bat rabies. I just had to say, mate, if a bat is trying to is trying to attack you, maybe stab it in the head. Yeah. Or like if you've got scissors, like cut cut, cut the fangs off. Yeah, do just do something. <laughs> just deglove the face of the bat. 
I imagine like if they if he just like yeah, and then it just cuts to like A and E and like the camera pans across and like the family sat there and it just cuts to the dad and he's just sat there with a fucking dead bat and a pair of scissors through it sticking out the other side of his hand, being like, it's, oh, it's happened again. You know the one thing we missed in this film, or the one thing that they missed from this film? We did not get a bat POV shot. I bet. Either on bat. the hand or, like, flying around the room. <laughs> that would have been a cool shot, to, like, go around the basement proper, to look at everyone's shocked faces. That'd be a proper Evil Dead moment. Yeah, I'd say that that would be a fucking Sam Raimi film if that had happened. <laughs> So now the estate agent has gone in, and there's a again, there's another cool yeah. She just strolled into this these people's home in the middle of the night. Um, there's a really nice shot here when she stood in the hall, and the camera just like tracks back and reframes it so half the shots in darkness as you hear mm -hmm. this like creepy breath. So it's like okay, well maybe this is a POV shot. Maybe you're being followed. She goes for a walk, and then she steps on the gravestone. Mm -hmm. snaps her ankle in, in the middle of it, like it goes right through the stone and she gets stuck. Yeah. And that's the end of the scene. Nothing happens. Or that's what would have happened in the first two iterations of this. The VHS and DVD, they cut all of this and like all the... Oh, do they? Yeah, they cut all the fire pokey... It's not even that bits. bad. Yeah, I know. Well, the neck one's all right. The neck one was good, yeah, yeah. Not the blade going in, like the retractable poker yeah. going into her neck. <laughs> And they're coming out. Yeah, so the killer shows up and picks up a fire poker and there's just with a, with a, Oh, and it's a POV shot. Yeah. Of a zombie hand, or what looks like a zombie hand grabbing the fire poker. So I assume that he had taken her hand because the next time we see him, he has a woman's hand. But yeah, he goes up to her and like slowly pushes it in and it's just like jabbing it around in her guts for a bit. And then, like, pulls it out and then goes for another one, like, in her ribs. And you can like, hear, like, bones breaking as he's, like, twisting yeah. that shit around. Maybe he's, like, trying to pop both lungs. <laughs> and then he makes sure she has no air because he goes for the jugular. Yes. I wonder how many other holes they made then. If they also did the eye. Like, yeah. do you reckon they filmed, like, ten different prods in different places? There were. Well, really he must have kept three. stabbing her after she was dead because he stabbed her in the neck and her eye was fine. And in the next shot, she's all mashed in. So Maybe yeah. they decided they didn't like the eye shot and so they smashed oh, the head in. Because mm, otherwise, if she was missing an eye, then you'd be like, no. Yeah, but, like, she was missing an eye. Half of her face was, like, mashed in. Do you reckon he did that because he's missing an eye? He has no eyes, but when you see him in shadow, you can see his eyes. They light up. Yeah. I don't know about those like cardboard cut-out eyes. Didn't you like the cardboard cut? They're not as good as the, the, cat, the cat eyes, eyes that we saw in... Uh, I can't even remember what that was. Tenebrae, maybe? That, that seems fucking awesome. Mm. Yeah, no, these were bad. These were yeah. like bad cardboard cut-out. This was, this was some good gore. This was some nice uh, poking yeah. and stabbing. Yeah, when that neck got jabbed up, mm -hmm. it was just spurting out blood. And then when she was being dragged along, like she was drenched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Utterly drenched in blood. There's blood everywhere. Yeah, great one. Hell of a mess. Well, and seen cleaning that up, but I don't fully understand why. Because in later scenes, when he massacres people, he seems to clean up by himself. But also, Anne... Is that now that Anne scene? Uh, so he drags her off to the basement. Yeah. Yeah, and then so Anne's cleaning up, right? But I don't understand what's going on here because she's just started cleaning it with like a bucket and a cloth. Uh huh. 
And then Lucy walks in and she's like, hi, dear. Oh, what are you doing? Well, I think it's the next morning. Because she's no, it's clean- happening at that moment. It looks like she's cleaning up and she's rinsing the towel. And then she like walks in directly behind her. Yeah, yeah. So like she's cleaning up the blood that morning. Like that scene happens while she's cleaning up the blood. Yeah. But she doesn't mention the blood. And maybe it's because she's so fucking high on her tranks. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Cause she looks at it. Cause I was like, why is she not reacting to that? Because she goes to her, what are you doing? And then Anne says, I made coffee. And then that's it. And she's not reacting to the fact there's blood everywhere. But you're yeah. right, maybe it's because she's high off her fucking drugs. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe there's not blood there, and maybe I was like, "Is there?" I was, I was wondering if there was um, ghost blood or something. Because later on, when her son tells her that Anne is dead, and that her, her her headless body is in the basement, she makes him go down there to show him that he's yeah. wrong. And it's just like that is awful parenting. Because <laughs> yeah, if he is telling the truth, <laughs> it's like I'll check. And then we won't have this, like, trauma. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, so there's no blood. And then there's, a, again, like, a a confusing POV shot of the tray being delivered in the same sense that the fire poker was delivered. Yeah. Delivered to a fucking spleen. And and that's weird. And I was like, okay, is he just trying to confuse us with POV shots? Or is he, like, defaulting back to his, um, like, giallo roots and just being like... It's been a minute since I've used a POV. <laughs> in the previous scene, it went POV to Lucy as Anne started walking towards her. So I think we were supposed to think that Anne was delivering the coffee, but then it was Lucy. I think yeah. this whole thing is just trying to throw you off. He's trying to be a little too clever. Yeah. In this scene, the guy says that he has to go back to New York, but he never does. Well, I think he, I think he might. That library might be. No, the library's not in New York. Oh, I know. the graveyard to, is. Yeah, he has to go on a drive, though. So maybe he was going to the library and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's got a piece on the side that they cut out. <laughs> oh, he could be going to get his rabies jabs. Who knows? <laughs> so Norman heads to New York and Shifty Douglas, is, well, but, but doesn't actually go to New York. He goes to the library. Yeah. And Shifty Douglas is there and he's asking him why he's there. And he comes up with this half-baked excuse. I don't really know what Shifty Douglas is doing, except being a um, a red herring, I guess, for yeah. something that doesn't need one. Yeah. Like, he's just, Fauci's just throwing in, like, different different red herrings unnecessarily. Yeah. And then May warns Bob. So May and Bob are playing. And May warns Bob not to go in the house. Is this he's when he's like, like, I snuck out of the house. They think I'm in bed. Yeah, and, it's and like, he's like, "I'll just do it bed. again," and he's covered yeah. in fucking leaves. He's like, oh, "I just gotta pop in to be like, so they know I'm here, and I'll sneak out." And then she says, "Like I told him not to go in," or or she whispers, "Like don't go in the house again," or something. Yeah, yeah. But her whispers he can hear from a mile off, so she unless she's speaking just, directly to him, she was doing a dip. <laughs> that must be so annoying in that town with, with children that are that fucking loud. They're a whisper. <laughs> Like it breaks windows and decapitates <laughs> mannequins. My God, just think about what Bob's scream later on could do. <laughs> or maybe um, it's the opposite there. Maybe screams are like inaudible. Yeah, they work in reverse. <laughs> so um, this is, is this the bit where he finds the tape recorder? Yeah, he finds the tape and it describes the smell of blood. Yeah. Blood. Blood. 
and bits of Sif. Um, <laughs> There's a shot now where you see the gravestone and then blood starts coming out of it. And it just reminds me of the opening shot of Ghostbusters 2, where you see a crack in the road and like this pink slime comes through. Mm. Like it looked almost identical to that because this blood was see through. Yeah, yeah, Although, yeah, to be it was, fair, yeah, it was it was called zero. <laughs> this had some good blood color in it because some of the films we've done that are like Italian jello y stuff, the blood's like orange, yeah, or like bright pink, yeah. Whereas this, it looked like proper blood. And there's some really nice shots of like looking around the house, mm-hmm. and then as he's going through, he's talking about like, is this where he he talks about how he needs to feast on the blood of? Oh no, no, that's later. I think he describes it. Yeah, that's late. That's late when the dad just says that out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, but he's he's describing like what this faulty guy had been doing, and and the smell of blood in the house, and then uh, uh, fr- Fraudstein, not Fulci. <laughs> does it Fulci? Yeah, Fraudstein. And then he, um, you see the shots down the basement, like tracking around the floor this of all the cool, pieces man. of like dismembered corpses like arms legs a fucking torso of a tit missing chest with half a tit sliced yeah, off, yeah. like maggoty bits <laughs> and then it comes up to like the dismembering like operating table where there's like bits of body yeah. and then it goes over to another like side table where it looks like it's bob laying there with his chest split open all of his like guts and intestines like on display inside do you think the scene was supposed to be the dad's imagination? Yeah, I think okay, so. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I and just realised that... Children, not the children. I just realised there's a bit later on when Bob makes a discovery where there's a man laying on the table with his intestines hanging out. Who's yeah. that man? I don't know, he's got a tattoo on his arm. Yeah, who is that? No, I don't. Yeah, that, that fucking scene is awesome, man. Like, that was some good effects. There's some good effects in this. There's yeah. some. There's some rough 80s like when somebody people get stabbed in the neck you can see that their face is a different color to their neck but like i can forgive it yeah definitely forget. it was italian cheap horror films and besides your occasionally patchy arrow grade the the conversion on on shutter looked beautiful yeah that was a bit don't want to slag off my heroes but the uh, arrow blu-ray was kind of like snowy at points like anytime there was darkness on the screen it had like a white fog on it that was flickering and then when i watched it again today on prime i feel it was like, like you oh, work that looks in should probably know the name for whatever it was do you know the name for what that is i didn't see what you saw maybe grainy it's yeah that's it grain <laughs> oh, well I, I, so potentially i'm thinking that the prime version isn't the hd version but it looks no, it really 1080. nice okay because then i don't know if when they converted this it brought out the film grain but there has to be a way to get rid of that because I mean, the it, thing it the thing looks right. beautiful on blu-ray like i've noticed it with a couple of things um there is the uh demons blu-ray where they post and uh where they say like oh there's a bit on demons too where the negative their head was fucked so there's a bit where it kind of looks like it's doubled and it was the best that they could do and i think we did nightmare city where they were like hey we can only do the theatrical version in high quality the director's cut has to be standard def because we just don't have it so you have the option to watch it with high quality and then when it cuts to the extra scenes they go like a lower quality i mean it's better than apparently what happened with some versions of the the original vhs in america for this where they had um, mixed up some of the reels 
when they converted it to VHS. So it was in oh the totally like the wrong order. So <laughs> it made it even more confusing. <laughs> Maybe we watched that version. <laughs> that would make so much sense. Oh, God. So now uh, this is, is this now Bob playing? Uh, no, Bob no. playing with his car in the house. Yeah, um, but it also cuts to Lucy being out shopping. Mm-hmm. This is weird. They had. Did you see in the in the traffic? They had school buses, but they were cars. They no, had like, didn't two, see that. two cars that had school bus sign over the top with lights on the side. And I was like, my god, do they basically have taxi school buses in little towns in old America? Well, maybe I thought those were police cars, but <laughs> no, they said school bus. Oh my god, that's it's your, weird. It's your grainy version. Yeah, so the mum's out and the and kid just is playing. Into traffic. <laughs> she just walks in. Yeah, yeah, and that was real as well. That wasn't like... Had to, like slam on its brakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the kid's playing with his cars. He's doing his races. Him and Yogi, the fucking yeah, bad thing. Um, yeah, and then he loses his car. Yeah, so he loses his car, and we're led to believe that he thinks it's gone down into the basement. Because then when Anne comes in, she's looking for him and sees that the basement is open yeah. and goes down to find him. Mm-hmm. And this is where the door slams shut on her, right? Magically. Yeah, yeah so the door creeps shut, and I think you hear it lock as well. Mm-hmm. And then she doesn't run up, though, now, does she? No, so it starts off like she, she thinks she sees Bob downstairs. And then you see a POV look up and kind of like creep off to the side. And then you see her walk down the stairs and she POVs down the stairs. Mm -hmm. And then this thing creeps around about a foot high looking up POV of her. And you see her in normal shot. And then she, it's like fucking hell. Um, (laughs) It's very confusing. And also if it's supposed to be this like six, seven foot monster, it's a very low POV. Maybe he does like sitting down. I like the idea of of uh, fucking Fulci Peep Show. <laughs> yes, I would watch that. She sees him and legs it up the stairs, right? And yes. then starts banging on the door, calling for a small child to come help. Yeah, exactly. But um, he's armed to the teeth, James. So, so yeah, he loads himself up. <laughs> he grabs his pig pistol to go to the basement to get some head. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> So he heads down to the basement, and the basement door is open. No, it's shut. Oh no, the basement door. Sh- oh no, the basement door's shut. And then he walks around, and then there's a nice shot as it uh, like creepily opens behind him. There's so many times when people are stood in front of that door, and like horror tropes are telling me that something's going to burst through and grab them from behind, and it we've never missed happens. something, James. Yeah, she gets her head fucking hacked off with a knife. <laughs> Oh yeah, she does. You see, like you see that womanly hand holding the knife, and then it like swings at her, like oh yeah, side, like she... literally hacks it up, like chopping down a fucking tree. <laughs> yeah, she forgets how to climb the stairs, and then she stands there, like, like yeah, just just powerless. And he like, oh, this hand carves through the neck and carves back through the other side. And the hand, I was like, I was wondering at this point, oh, is that is that maybe Lucy? Has Lucy gone mad? Is Lucy killing people? Um, but no. Um, and then yeah, like carves it off and just like in the um just like with the mannequin, that head comes plopping off. And just like the mannequin, that head looks very plasticky or made of wax. Especially the teeth. <laughs> Especially yeah. the teeth, right? They look so weird. They're yeah, like they, they look solid. like wood. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, it still looked good, but like, yeah, that was a uh, that was a fake looking head, man. Yeah, but like the blood looks good and the calves and the neck look good. Mm-hmm. And like, again, you've got it's just that very giallo shot of just the hand coming up the stairs. Like all it was missing was a black glove. Yeah, yeah. So then the door opens when Bob is like opens behind Bob when he's in the kitchen looking for her. Yeah. And he goes through and there's no blood there. Yeah, no, yeah. I was expecting him to walk in, slip on the blood, and like fall into a body. Just like, fall into the body down the stairs. What, like his mum's face later? Yeah, that was painful, that bit, because that could have been so much more brutal than it was. But we'll get to that. But yeah, that would have been fucking sick if he'd slipped on the fucking blood and fallen into her corpse. Yeah, but instead he walks down the stairs. And does he see the eyes? I don't know, but he gets creeped out, and then the no, head, we don't see the eyes yet. You hear dum dum dum. The door locks behind him, like closing locks, and then you hear the head like roll down the stairs. Right? Mm-hmm. It's definitely supernatural if that door can close and lock itself. Or he's got like a pulley system. Hang on, it is a murder basement. Hang on, hang on. Why did he need them to open it if he can just magically open it and lock it? Unless he magically locks it and he can't open it. Yeah, because the door opens in, right? Yeah. Not out. So the boards actually did nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a scene. Have you ever seen Evil Ed, the film about a, um, a, a horror movie editor that goes nuts? No. There's a bit where he thinks that people are like trying to get into his house and he like um, nails the door shut and his like boss comes to see him. But like he knocks on the door and he's like, come in. And the door opens the other way. And then he just steps through the boards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Those boards did nothing. Oh, my God. <laughs> you should have just bricked that door up. <laughs> so yeah, door closed, um, head rolls down. Oh, no, he doesn't get locked in. He summons his best anthropologist. And Indiana Jones is through the door, except mm. his hand gets stuck. Do you mean archaeologist? Uh, no, he's an anthropologist. Who, Indiana Jones? Yeah, isn't he? He's an archaeologist. He's some of his best Indiana Jones. <laughs> this bit was cool, though. Like, I guess his hand, his, he's holding his the flashlight. Hand, yeah, yeah, his hand got stuck on the door, right? Yeah. Like, so it's closed on his door. Although I don't remember how he gets away, but th- this seems cool because like, the thing's got his hand. And he's like mm. stuck in the door. Man, this kid gets traumatized. <laughs> yeah, man. And he, he seems pretty good. Well, I mean, at this point, he then like he slips out and he runs upstairs. Mm-hmm. And maybe he doesn't have control over the door because otherwise he would just open that door instead of closing it. Yeah. Maybe there's I like mean, a it, button that he presses. It definitely closed on the girl and it definitely closes on the mum. But he also, unless he set up some like Home Alone style shit so that the fucking head would roll down the stairs, like. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so the, um, Bob is now upstairs bawling his eyes out when his mum comes home. Yeah. And she's like, oh, don't worry, kid. There's probably no severed head down there. He And he says, like, her head rolled down the stairs. She was decapitated. Right. <laughs> It's cool. She's probably fine. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really question that Anne isn't there anymore. Exactly, yeah. Never questions where Anne is ever again. I guess we're led to believe that she's a bit loopy because of the pills now. Maybe. So they go downstairs and they look around and it's all fine. There's nothing there. But then they see a pair of eyes in the darkness. I don't think they see it. I think it's crash zoom for oh, us and then it. the eyes. Yeah, because they go upstairs and he puts her to, or she puts him to bed. 
Yeah. And then she, although he's fully dressed still, but that seems to be a trope that we keep doing. Then she leaves and he's, and he's like, oh, I'm going to go down and get her. And he like goes down to the basement and it's just like, Anne, mum says you're not dead. So you have to come out. Yeah. A fucking head roll down the stairs. This kid deserves what's coming to him. Um, but before that, though, we have uh, the weird scene where Norman, the dad, has, has gone oh, off yeah. to find Frodenstein's tomb. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, like uh, graveyard keeper, I've been here. I've traveled 200 miles. Where's this fucking tomb? And he's yeah. like, you're not the first one to do this. He's not buried here. The records are wrong. Where? Why, there hasn't been a fraud scene around here for a hundred <laughs> years. He also was like, mate, what are you doing? This place is shut. It's broad daylight. Get out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're closing soon. I need my 11s. Yeah, like, do they close cemeteries? Uh, we know from the cemetery around the corner from where we used to live in East Finchley. Yes, they do. Oh, okay, that is true. Because otherwise people would just walk in, like, smoke weed and have sex. Because, you know, people do that in cemetery. I, I can't remember if we've ever said that on the show, but when me and you were day drinking out in the street and went for a walk and we went to that cemetery, we came across it. If you, if you live near East Finchley, there's a fucking really cool cemetery there and it has like big old fuck off mausoleums. Mm. And somebody had scratched into the door like with like a knife, let me out. And, and you were like, wouldn't that be on the other side of the door? <laughs> Unless it was a revolving door. Proper Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Imagine being like, let me out, and then locking yourself in the door and being like, oh, <laughs> why are you the... <laughs> Man, those are the days when you could walk around in cemeteries drinking on your day uh, off. <laughs> I remember um, every now and then I used to run through that cemetery um, as like part of a longer like running route. And then I went to run in and I saw there was a funeral happening. I was like, maybe I shouldn't be running through cemeteries. <laughs> I turn around. <Yeah. laughs> um, so, um, uh, uh, where are we? Just imagine you legging it over and vaulting <laughs> over the fucking body. Slide underneath <laughs> the coffin as they, like, as the pallbearers are carrying it. And everyone's like, <laughs> it's like, whoops, I shouldn't be here. Turn around and slide back out. Door closed. Uh, so Lucy POV, I've got Bob crying. What's going on here? Why is Lucy POVing? Oh, they go, oh that was before. They go to the basement. Yellow yeah. eyes. Tomb. Check. Check. Okay, so now Bob goes down to the basement because mm-hmm. he's looking for Anne. Yeah. And the door closes on him and yeah. he runs up and he can't actually. Oh, but the door closes and locks. So he yes. hasn't made it this time. And then you see the glowing eyes, the awful glowing eyes. That seem to teleport all around. Yeah, it's like Cheshire Cat. Yeah, yeah. And then it like does extreme close-ups on his eyes and these cardboard eyes, which makes mm-hmm. it look even worse. <laughs> um, and then he's like banging on the door, asking for mummy. And when she comes to the door, she's like, I need to get you out. He gives her clues. He's like, use the key like daddy did. He, for someone who's panicking, he is so much better in, in panicking situations than his dad, who just stands there and watches shit happen. When he's literally like, yeah, use the key, use the key like daddy did. 
Also, can I point out, sorry, with that kitchen axe, again, how awful this dad is at uh, like, situations or whatever. He is just hitting that door in random places. It's at like, focus on the fucking, yeah, like at the top. Like, just focus on the door, like the handle, and break that off, and then the door will open. He's oh, literally God. just going all over Wait, the no, place. That, that is not how locks work, Lee. <laughs> If you cut the lock off the door... Oh, okay, yeah. I you just, push I just the door smash open. the handle off. And <laughs> no, no, no. If it. you cut around the lock... Trust um, me, my parents lost a key to a room the other week. and uh, or, Well, for like a good couple of months. And then they just decided to take the door handle off because that would work. And I was like, no, because you've dead bolted it. Yeah, exactly. Now you... Yeah, now it's doubly locked. <laughs> yeah. So they carved into the door, let me out. <laughs> So then the mum grabs the knife because she can't twist the key, grabs the knife and she's blade up this time and pushing it so the blade is going towards her face. Yeah. I was at this point hoping that she was going to slip, the knife was going to stab into her eye or like slice down her face and then she was going to bleed out as her kid gets like murdered in the basement. <sighs> that would have been so good if he's like being held like choked out by the uh, guy and you just see the blood of his mum come under the door. And then he escapes because the monster slips on the mum's blood. <laughs> and it turns into Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Um, yeah the key feel like that at times in this. The key breaks, which is, all, yeah. again, like it snaps. So like it could just like, like that, like you yeah. said, like could have been it's really brutal. Been a reverse of the opening shot of that woman getting stabbed from the <laughs> other side. Oh, you could have had your teeth fake. That yeah, you don't like straight down the middle. Give her a nice gap. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then she decides to knife the door because you know I got the the bolt turned halfway, so maybe mm-hmm. if I jab a knife in the top of the <laughs> door, that'll work. Yeah, I don't um, think the the monsters reach the kid by this point because no, the... he's walking up slowly. Yeah, yeah, because the dad runs in. No, sorry, that's not true. So, no, so you see, okay, so there's a really nice shot where it, the camera like pans around to the other room, and you see this shadowy figure um, appearing on a door, mm-hmm. and the camera tracks back round, um, and you see the shadowy figure approaching her. And I was like, firstly, there's a lot of lights in this house, and for a very dark house, and secondly, like who the fuck is this creepy person? The m- monsters inside the house. Yeah, and it, yeah, it turns out it's Norman. And he, he grabs his kitchen axe and, and cleverly tells the son, step away from the door. I'm going to ask it a question. I'm going to ask this door to open. And this bit was so fucking good, James. Like, I was like, oh, like the kid moves away from the door as the monster reaches him and grabs him and shoves his face against the door as the dad starts axing the door to open. And it's like missing his face by the inches. The slides right in front of his nose. <laughs> and then like, and then he um, stabs at it again and it slides right behind his head. Yeah, yeah. And he does the- one more time and cuts the monster's left woman hand off and yep. the axe comes out with blood and the dad looks at it and he must be thinking fuck oh. yeah he just doesn't <laughs> react though he's just like keeps trying to knock the door down he's like well he might be dead so then i think the monster grabs bob by the face and like knocks him out because then bob wakes up he like at- pushes him down the stairs i think yeah, because Bob is, wakes up all bruised at the bottom of the stairs and the monster guy fruit Freudstein, is just sat there 
crying with his child voice looking at his like bloody arm yeah and his and... his child voice is like the voice of multiple kids whimpering. yeah which may build into that theory of yours if not it may be another theory and then wh- what happens now the kid tries to get away and then stumbles across the fucking slaughter room yeah the kid gets freaked out stumbles into the slaughter room he sees the babysitter and the estate agent strung up yeah camera comes down to see the head of Anne. Yeah. And then and then the head of Anne keeps coming up because he backs away. Doesn't he back away and almost trips over the head of Anne? Yeah. And then well then he backs into the monster into Fraudstein. Um Mm -hmm. and then he pegs it away and like there's more bodies. He stands next to that guy with the tattoo and just looks over at his guts. It's just like this kid if he survives he is gonna like be traumatized. Yeah, yeah, man. He'll be like um, the kid in front of the thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then I think he must scream or something now, and the parents, the dad's finally like, "I'm gonna start hitting the door randomly and hit the fucking lock and yeah, break the lock." You look at the door. There's like six random slices. In yeah, it. yeah. And he goes for the lock, and they manage to get. They run down the stairs pretty good. Wait, they're, wait. So they're dead. I think the dad runs in. So the mum runs, runs in and grabs son. and grabs the son. Yeah. And then the dad run, and then the son like and then the monster, sorry, I think looks at the mother and son. And then the dad runs in and tries to axe um Frostine, but he disarms him. Yeah, Frostine just catches the axe, right? Yeah. Um and then there's they're sort of struggling holding the axe, and there's a really cool shot where it pans down and they're standing over and severed head. But as I've just realized, as I was saying that, like you swung an axe at Fraudstein, Fraudstein's caught his arm. Fraudstein's only got one arm. Just fucking mash him with your other arm. Just do, yeah. just do anything. <laughs> He's disarmed. Yeah. Uh, but I think he managed to he drop the axe. Over right? and he, yeah, so he drops the axe and then he looks over and he finds a pile of knives. Mm-hmm. So he grabs one of those steak knives. And he walks up and my God, he slices a hole so in his good. gut. And the shit that comes out of it, it's like blood and shit and maggots, like it as looks a like, brown gravy. It looks like it. KFC gravy that's probably been sat there too long because of COVID and they had to close down. But like, it's just, it starts off gravy and it was fucking gross. But then it was just pure maggots coming out. It went from pure gravy, maggots. it went from KFC gravy to pot noodle in it like was seconds. All gravy. And then it turns to maggots and bits of sick. Maggots, maggots, maggots. <laughs> and then, yeah, there's like, he's stood on on like a pool of maggots now at this point. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he just deflated and all the maggots. <laughs> it's just, just a skin and, and dust. And he reaches out and swipes at him with his long clawing hand mm-hmm. and just like rips his throat out. Yes. <laughs> Apparently that was cut out as well. In like the earlier uh, earlier versions, because they cut out like all the good gore. I did notice when the so now the mum and son Bob they run up the stairs because there's an additional staircase that they find that leads to the top. Well, they of the see grave. the crack in the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they run up the stairs, and I did notice that the uh, zombie man Freudstein, when he sees them go up, he just throws the throat down onto the floor because he was still <laughs> holding it. Uh, <laughs> and this bit is fucking. This bit was a little disappointing. It's it's cool. I get it. I, like it was cool. It was awesome. Um, but it's but also it, very drawn out. I just wanted it to be worse, if you know what I mean. 
Like, yeah. he grabs the mum by the leg. No, he doesn't. There's five minutes of him walking towards and up the stairs. As they're trying to open the tombstone. Yeah. And yeah, he grabs her, pulls her down. And basically, she dies by being pulled down the stairs so viciously that her face is smashing on all the stairs. But like it, but the stairs do no damage to her face. Like her face should be getting all mashed in. So they climb those stairs. Those stairs for me, man. They they climb those stairs in about three seconds. Yeah, she must hit about forty steps on the way down, <laughs> and then you get this POV shot of her head hitting the steps coming down, looking up at Bob. But like slowly going out of focus. But they also look really. She's not hitting them harshly it's like gently rubbing against the no, steps as she hard comes metal down. steps and that would have yeah. fucked up the actress's face it's like this is the fucking italian odessa step sequence it just goes <laughs> for fucking ever and then she's just a bloody mess on the floor but like, i wanted to see her face become a bloody mess you know like in terminator 2 when the t-1000 is smashing oh. the terminator with that giant metal yeah. thing and then when he drops down like he drops to his knees and then it just starts mashing his face in like, I yeah. want to see her face get all mashed up. I know you can do it, Italian horror films from the I 80s. I wanted to see something similar to her face in, in, in a minute. So he uh, bobs in at the top of the stairs oh, yeah. for his dead mum. Mm-hmm. And then Frodenstein walks up to go towards Bob. And then Bob tries to like squeeze his head between the, um, <sighs> between the tombstone. I thought uh-huh. it was going to be like... So oh, like Mad two Man. things I wanted as his head came up, I wanted like his ears to be like carved <laughs> off from like the jagged stone, or like his face to be clawed up. And then also, I was hoping, yeah, that Fronsen grabbed the because uh, the kid gets his head through. And I was uh-huh. like, he's, he's like stuck between two bars, and I was hoping he's going to grab the leg and like rip his head off. God, yeah, imagine if he just like pulled it, it like and it'd been like spinal cord. Is, yeah, you're like, like predator hanging. <laughs> it's just got his kid's body of like bloody viscera. Oh man, that would have been sick. Uh, obviously, but instead, they... the little girl strength pulls. Now I was thinking about this. She pulls the slab back, but the slab's embedded into the wood. Yeah, you need to like lift it up. But uh, fine, and then and then she's escapes. like, "Hey, Bob." Like really weirdly. Yeah, they pop up and they're sitting next to each other. Hi, Bob. Oh, hi, May. Like he's totally forgotten everything that just happened. And then Mary Fraudenstein says, you know what what has to happen now? Your friend's here to stay with us or something like that. It's time to go home. Yeah. And then they walk off and walk down the road. So, And then we get a, a quote. Did you see what the quote was? Which is, no one will know whether children are monsters or monsters are children. So just before I get to the the theory, uh, I just want to say that we missed a tiny little thing that when the dad ran in with the axe or and picked up the axe, he said he needs human victims to renew his cells. That's how he stays alive. Yeah. And it's like, cool. Where did you get that information? Did the fucking guy in the... Cemetery. cemetery tell you that he was like by the way this other dude that came was rambling for ages about needing human cells <laughs> yeah yeah and he was like have you got any spare so the theory that phil told me is that or phil's theory rather is that bob is didn't make it out bob died and as he's being pulled down to his death may pulls his ghost soul out and they go off to be ghosts together which makes sense because there is the supernatural element to this thing. And I think kind of makes more sense than they just show up and save them. 
Because also your theory about May being in control of Anne and getting Anne to cover up and get her to release the monster, but to then save Bob, like why would she do that if they're they're actively not working with But also she knew Bob before they went to the house. Which leads me to think that maybe he maybe the dad had been there and the dad had been like possessed or something to bring the family back, which is why he had the photo of of the place. Because May was talking to Bob before like at the beginning of the film. Yeah. It's weird, man. Yeah, this is a it's an interesting one. I think uh, I mean, I watched it twice in the last two days, but I think talking with it to you about it has made me like it a bit more. I loved it the first time I saw it, but I so, think it, I think because of shock value and that scene with the kid is fucking that whole ending is so worth the worth the entry fee. Like it's yeah. so fucking brutal and mean, like to that poor child, <laughs> and like not <laughs> so even. Tormented. I mean, the kid is on the gut, or the the man now is on one of the extra features on the blu-ray but it was just like that must have been traumatizing but he was like now they showed me they basically showed me the process of the makeup from beginning to end so i saw them so i knew that everything was fake and it was just a laugh for me it's yeah, like, it's, like, that's right they desensitized me by killing my mother in front of me yeah and then he goes on <laughs> about taking his friends to see it and he didn't realize it was gonna when he saw it he didn't realize it was gonna be that scary and he, he took his like friends his age to go see it oh my god that's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> he's in a couple more Fulci uh, things that look pretty awesome but I mean Fulci's not done bad in my opinion so far I don't think we've seen a bad Fulci one no um, I, I, yeah I've, I've really enjoyed this I thought shot wise it's probably his most polished that we've seen yeah. I mean, he, he always makes things look nice but this was yeah very very nice almost I don't know there, there were points when I was like it might be nice to let the camera sit still for a minute constant movement like he was experimenting in every shot and every shot looked really nice and well thought out mm-hmm. but it was like just i don't know at, at, at some point i was like it, it's almost a little bit too stylized i think one of the main issues i had with it when i was watching it is that it had all of the elements to be like legit terrifying in a way that i find like if i watch the exorcist i'm still like freaked out after i've watched it even though i've seen it a hundred times and i'm an adult I think this had all the elements to have a very similar exorcist thing, but I don't know. Maybe it's the dub. Maybe it's that awesome seventies yeah. music and it was a bit bright in some scenes. It just didn't have and the, the fact f- the sink was about two seconds out. Yeah. <laughs> but thankfully I, I watched it with my, my soundbar and I can shift the, I can delay the audio. <laughs> so I actually... back in the sink. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's a, uh... It wasn't as good as I remember it, but I don't hate it. I, I don't want that. To, what 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 would you give it if you had if we had to, James, on a regular basis, rate things out of five individually? I give it a four. Wow. I give. It, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was beautiful. I thought, yeah, the story is a bit weak. It's it's a sieve as far as plot hole as as far as like um, the plot, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I uh, I think I need to rethink about how I score stuff because I'm fairly certain that last time, I think I gave Madman a four and then last time I gave the last film 3.5 and I was thinking that this is a kind of a 3.5, but it's not. It's better than that. So I was like, I have to give it a four. But like I keep, maybe I, yeah, maybe, I mean, we famously, you famously gave uh, Driller Killer 10 out of 10. You were like, let's just make that a 10. Let's just make a new standard. So like, <laughs> 
Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I watched it twice in the last two days, and the second time I was watching through it, I didn't like get bored or anything. Yeah, it didn't. I guess pace, I ruined the pace it. Pace keeps up throughout. I, yeah, no, I think I ruined it for long. myself because I've seen it before. So I the the initial impact the first time I saw it was like, holy shit, this was awesome. I didn't have that this time, although I did watch it but with that's, Chris. That's one of the things as well, though, with like a who done it. The second yeah. time you're watching it, it's not as impressive because you know who the killer is so because did you not did you not did you think it was a whodunit then did you not know who the killer was well no but they they shot it as a whodunit yeah like because they're constantly trying to mask like who each shot is at different times yeah and like shifting from that shot of like anna and and literally having women's hands in one of the shots exactly so they're doing that so they so they have you guessing because at a couple of points i was like oh maybe it is mary who's lost her mind she's killing people yeah because chris um, chris was like oh the killer's a woman right and i was just like no obviously i'd seen it i've seen it before but like oh, i also know it as part of the hell trilogy that has zombies in them plus i have i don't have it with me right now it's over there but i have the added bonus of the fucking cover has the big fucking zombie man on it so it's yeah. just like i oh, know i just know it's the zombie man but it's weird that like um, that this interpretation of the zombie was so different. I think the Beyond is like City of the Living Dead was the one that had zombies that could teleport and shit, like that yeah. priest one that could teleport. Yeah, and this was a these three, and he this, also this is we like have to remember that studied zombies and has used that technology on himself to stay alive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- this is the same guy that made film wise zombie flesh eaters as well. So, like, he every zombie film he's made, the zombies have been a different breed of zombie, and it's been, yeah, like each one is enough that like it's just fun to watch. It's not yeah. boring because you're like, what the fuck's gonna happen? This they can teleport, like what the fuck? And if you get <laughs> if you want a traditional one, you get a traditional one. But guess what? The motherfucker fights a shark during it as well. <laughs> what a twist! Oh my god! What a brilliant wow. director! Yeah, I'm going to have to check out his other non-zombie shit, you know. I've only ever seen the zombie stuff. I almost picked another one of his for this. I was just, I was going through, I was like, that would be good, that would be good. But no. Um, Are you saying that you did it? Are you saying mix it up? I thought we'd mix it up. So in, this was a great film. I've really enjoyed it. Um, So I thought. We'd not do a great film next. We should, in true traditional James style, see if we can find something based purely on the picture, um, which is called um, Bloody Birthday from 1981, directed by Edward Hunt, or Ed Hunt, who, looking at his um, director filmography on um, IMDb, has done such hits as the documentary UFOs Are Real and uh, episode one episode of The Greatest Heroes of the Bible, Daniel and the Nebuchadnezzar. So, what? Wow. <laughs> What a fucking back catalogue. Holy shit. Wait, hang on. Did you just select stuff? Or does he only have three things in his filmography? No, he has other things. Okay. <laughs> um, but the uh, the description of this is three children are born on the same day and the same place during an eclipse. Due to the time of their birth, they lack emotions and after 10 years become heartless killers. <laughs> oh my God, this better be good, James. So we have murder kids, uh-huh. which I'm hoping leads to kid murders. 
which has just become a running theme of me in this podcast. Yeah. It's also the opposite of uh, what we just saw, which is a kid getting traumatised. <laughs> so this is basically Silent Night, Deadly Night, except he's not 18, that they stay 10. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> okay, I'm in. Power of the Eclipse. <laughs> yeah, we are... Uh... This is not a child-friendly podcast, I guess, James. No. <laughs> your it's new fetish is... Your uh... life. <laughs> also, the last one had a kid kill someone on his birthday, the previous film we did. Yeah. His own mother. <laughs> Fuck me, James. Well, uh, I can't wait to be probably bored during the next... Soon as film. Beautiful. Due to the graphic nature of this film, no one under 18 will be admitted. House by the cemetery! <laughs>